Welcome to the inaugural episode of Tapping Into Spirit, where we discuss and explore issues related to spirituality in a manner that questions everything. We start from a premise that allows that everything comes from somewhere and work to understand the unexplainable. We always endeavor to have a great time discussing a serious topic with the hopes of offering inspiring thoughts and ideas that allow for growth, evolution, and transformation. I'm your co-host, Dr. Anthony Smith. And I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Zawadi Powell and Glenda Jones. Please introduce yourself, ladies. Hello, I'm Zawadi Powell. And I'm Glenda Jones. We'll be talking to you today about issues related to spirit. So to start, I'm going to ask you both to say a little bit about what initially attracted you to this topic and this conversation. Well, spirit, the topic of spirit has always been of paramount importance in my life, um, in my childhood, in my understanding of the world. Um, I come from a family where spirituality is an an integral part. It's not something that's separate. Um, The connection with spirit entities, the understanding of God, um, the um, understanding of ritual and Um, connection between human beings and nature. All of those concepts have always just kind of been um, important to us and and central to our understanding of our existence on this earth. And um, in my development into adulthood, I began to understand that I was a a medium um, who can channel spirit. And so this type of a conversation is one that I have quite frequently um, in trying to understand my own connection to this um, ability that I've uncovered in my life. And this is Glenda Jones. I am someone who um, inherited Christianity in life and felt out of place there. And so pretty early on, I started on kind of a journey to understand my place in the world. And it led me to um, a greater connection with spirit. Um, And in that process, I've learned that I am an empath. So I have an ability to feel other people's emotion, pain, and sometimes their thoughts. Um, And have had a relationship even very young with spirit, I had an imaginary friend, Miss Doblet, and I'm sure that she lived in another life. And she was my daily friend when my brother left me and went to school. So spirit has been important to me from a very young age. Hmm. That's very interesting. We're going to get into some of those things a little more as we delve into various topics 
um, throughout our podcast. So hold on. We're going to be hitting some nice topics here. Um, For me, I think when I look at our community, most of us are familiar with the African-American church and the way spirit manifests in the church. You know, you see people catching the Holy Ghost and getting the spirit and moving their bodies and spirit is making them get up and want to do stuff. And so when we are introduced to that, we know that spirit manifests for us. And when you look at other cultures and see the way that they connect with God or the creator, it's not as lively as the spirit would be for us. So for me, spirit is something that speaks to um, energy and power and passion and movement. And there are various ways that can come across. And we're going to be discussing some of those ways. But for me, it's something that I've always observed and been fascinated by, and which leads me to be fascinated even having this conversation currently and beginning to look at it in a way that expands our limited view and begins to ask questions about what is this thing and why is it here? What is our purpose in life? You know, that's one of those seminal questions that most people grapple with at some point. So let's 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 jump into that. So how would you define spirit? What does spirit mean for for you? In my opinion, um, and from my understanding, uh, spirit is what makes us alive. Mm-hmm. Um, without spirit, we would be more of a um, sort of mechanical being um, with functioning, you know, body parts and <laughs> and brain, mm-hmm. um, but without a certain essence that makes us um, alive in the way that we are. And also is the element that connects us to all life um, in the universe, on the planet, and allows us even to have communications with that element of spirit that exists in all things and is connected to all things living. And, um, and so in my understanding, the way that I move with spirit is ultimately that spirit is God. Spirit is an, an always living, always flowing, always moving, always changing element that ties us all together, um, in life. Mm-hmm. And do you feel connected to it? I feel like I am spirit. Ah, I feel mm-hmm. that even um, the physical matter that exists around, you know, that encapsulates what we think of as the soul is also a manifestation of spirit um, mm-hmm. showing up in, in another way. Um, and so I, I think that we all are made of that element that that is God and that is life. Okay. Okay. What about you, Glenda? I agree with the Zawadi. I feel that spirit is the non-physical part of our being. Um, I believe that spirit, the word is overused today. That we use spirit, a person can go to a yoga class and say, you know, it was a spiritual um, environment or experience. Or maybe they'll go camping and say, you know, I was in nature and I... It was a spiritual experience. So I think we kind of overuse it. I believe that spirit is the part of us that is not the physical part. 
and that when we are able to tap into the true part of spirit, it is a giving more than a receiving. Hmm. That's an interesting concept because I, I do feel like those experiences of having a spiritual yoga moment or a spiritual nature. I've been in some places in the world where I feel like, wow, this is amazing. This is just spirit manifesting right now in real time, looking out on this high cliff mountain or looking out on the ocean and seeing these incredible feats of nature just manifesting. It's just that for me, that is spirit as well. So hmm, can you say a little more about the differences you see there? So the differences that I see are as our human, like our carnal part of us, we are looking to receive something, to get something. And we're looking outside of ourselves for spirit. Uh, I believe that to define that it really is impossible to fully define spirit. Because when you attempt to define it, you put it in a box. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then you haven't allowed it to be. Mm-hmm. It is so big. And so large and so universal, I don't believe we can define it. We've attempted to. I mean, if you go to Webster, you'll find a, a definition. I don't believe it's fully uh, a, a clear definition and an accurate definition of what spirit truly is. And if we were able to elevate to a fully spiritual being, we would be giving more than receiving. Hmm. Because so- that's what spirit does. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, spirit is infinite. I believe that. I feel that way. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, sometimes trying to use this English English language Mm -hmm. to communicate things that are spiritual or deeper than, you know, even our language can explain. It's always challenging. And you find a lot of discussions now where we are trying to understand the difference between spirit and soul. Mm-hmm. And to try to understand, you know, what is spiritual and what is not spiritual and what is mental and what is spiritual and what is the difference. And, you know, we, we're always in our culture trying, as Glenda said, to encapsulate things or to define things. And I think that's really true, although we we have come to some definitions of what spirit is in our relationship to spirit. That I mean, that is an ultimate truth that that we really none of us really knows, <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> and so that's why we have these these talks and these meetings to to discuss and try to understand you know mm-hmm. more about what it is because ultimately it is a mysterious force in our life that many people negate or say is you know phony baloney or something that you know some person was smoking some nice herb and, you know, wanted to make up um, out of their own delusions. And it, it, I think it has even been like a scientific challenge to try to define or identify, you know, that, that mysterious element that we all kind of intuitively know exists. So would you both agree that spirit is more difficult to define, even though we know it exists? And we all know that we live it like it's part of who we are. But to define it would be very difficult. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's an experience. 
Yeah, I was going to say feeling, um, a feeling like I feel spirit. And I've, there have been times where I've felt spirit tremendously. Um, I can recall being in the temple in, in Egypt and feeling spirit. I can recall being at the slave dungeons in mm. Ghana on Cape Coast and feeling spirit uh, moving through me and, and around me even. So that is not something that's quantitative. You can't define it per se. You can't quantify it, but nobody can tell me that I didn't feel it in that moment, right? Uh, and so I, I imagine you all have had similar experiences as well. How do you feel spirit? I think that, um, especially in these days now, people are beginning to experiment more with feeling spirit and um, having different opportunities to sort of um, feel like a shift or a shiver or uh, a presence. Um, I think that um, definitely I have felt spirit uh, in um in, in, in being a trance medium and uh, having the opportunity to leave my form and allow another entity to speak through me um, has been just an enormous life-changing um, experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, you know, there's so many different models where people are trying to have a connection with spirit and feel actively, you know, and I have, um, in doing acupuncture, um, in meditation, uh, walking into temples, um, you know, even in church communing with the Holy spirit, um, with the music, um, uh, listening to mantras. I mean, just, there's just so many opportunities these days to sort of have these, um, undefined or, um, uncategorized experiences and connections with spirit. And I, I think it's a really beautiful thing. I think that there's a shift going on in the world where people are really trying to find God in a, a live way, as opposed to God in a book only, or God in, um, you know, the personification of their pastor or, Mm -hmm. you know, God only in, you know, an ancient text or in a temple, um, I think that even within those contexts as well, even, you know, with the the, um, the religions that have holy texts and temples, uh, there still seems to be a move towards uh, communing with God as a, as a living entity and, and spirit as something that is, is here, you know, and is, is, is sort of touching us or speaking to us or moving through us. And, um, and that's really fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting to think about how a lot of times that spirit is done, is, is kind of taught to people in a dogmatic way. And people tend to channel into one way of believing that this is how spirit manifests. And any other way that it manifests is not right or wrong or doomed for some negative outcome, i.e. hell. And... You mentioned Zawadi being uh, a medium, and why don't you talk a little bit about that experience so that folks can understand that particular aspect of tapping into spirit, which is something that many people may not have experienced before or even have an understanding of what that is. Mm -hmm. Can you just explain a little bit about what 
what you mean when you say that? Um, so what I believe is that many people channel spirit and are mediums um, in this world. Um, in other societies, they are defined as mediums or as spirit workers or um, people who who can hold spirit and they are um, part of the you know spiritual beliefs. In the United States, um, from what I see, there's there are not as many opportunities for people to practice as a medium. Um, I'll, uh, you know, we see it a lot in the Caribbean and Latin American cultures and in uh, traditional African religions, um, which is pretty much um, how I came to be practicing uh, this um, agreement with my spirit guide. Uh, I see people um, holding spirit and sort of being a medium in ways that they're unaware of. Mm -hmm. And that is how I kind of came into it myself, um, having sort of personality fluctuations, um, going to certain places and feeling as though my moods and my behaviors and the elements around me were shifting, um, having, you know, conversations with my mother where my accent was changing, um, and she would, you know, literally say to me, who are you today? You don't sound like my daughter. Um, coming from a family who had a connection with spirit, um, really um, coming from the Caribbean and Native American culture. Um, and then my dad introducing traditional African religion into our family. Um, they were able to put a context on it. And I was able to find some guidance in terms of what was happening to me. And so I began searching in many different traditions to find a way to be a healthy medium as opposed to some of the definitions that society would have labeled me with. Um, in my search, I um, learned a bit um, through the Palo religion, through the Ifa religion, um, through the yogi, um, Sanskrit chanting, um, in the Pentecostal church where people were speaking in tongues and channeling the Holy spirit. Um, I, I was able to sort of seek in all these different areas. And then eventually I was, um, introduced to my spirit guide, um, at, in my own shrine, in my home, uh, where he, uh, he came to me in a vision and explained who he was. And then I began to channel him, and a few others as well. Um, so the way that I do it is that I go into a meditation state. Um, I think where I'm, I'm having an out of body experience. And then I agree with this particular spirit, um, who we call Adekemi that he's allowed to then come in and use my voice, uh, to advise people. And we have clients, um, all around the world, people who come to consult with him about their life, about their past lives, about um, their spiritual paths, um, about uh, sometimes issues that they're having in their family or with their careers. Um, he just, he's, he's like a, a, a wise um, family member <laughs> who can just see into things and sometimes into the future even uh, to advise people. We also... So Oh, <laughs> yeah, so it sounds a lot like prophecy and there like there's a connection to that. Yes. Um, so when I was um, 
in one of the churches here, um, I did get a chance to see a prophetic ministry. And I did feel as though that was definitely a mediumship at work um, with, uh, of a different name. And, uh, and that, you know, definitely our traditions have um, come into this Western society because we need them. You know, they're, they're part of what makes us whole and connects us to spirit. And so, yeah, we see that a lot um, in a lot of different ways. So historically, things have kind of passed down through the slave trade and and different things that are done in West Africa. We can see similarities in the way it's done here, and we can draw a connection back to what's happening there. Yeah, I think Bell Hooks called it Africanisms. Ah, yeah. And um, <laughs> a thing in her book, I can't remember which book that was, mm -hmm. but I'm sure that you probably know Anthony. <laughs> but um, mm -hmm. yeah, there, there are Africanisms. And, you know, I believe that traditional society all over the world was connected to nature because we were agriculturalists. And in being agriculturalists, um, we were practicing earth religions and in those earth religions, we were also connected to ancestors and the spirits of those who have passed on and uh, the spirits in nature. And the, I think the understanding of spirit in all of those traditional spiritual practices that were results of the agricultural age um, was very different from uh, the way that we practice now um, in these industrial societies and um you know it's it's as as people descended from africa to say africanisms um it sort of draws you back to that uh time period before colonialism before slavery um where we sort of look to to see what was our culture then you know what were we doing before we were christianized before we were brought to islam uh, before the Catholic Church uh, forced us into that practice, and then how did that those practices and those beliefs still transcend and still survive within those contexts? And I think today we can see, um, you know, those Africanisms sort of peeking out here and there, and bringing that mystery back into um, th those traditions that um that were not really originally our own right i think people are afraid to draw that connection again because when you have been taught a certain thing you want to stay in that comfort zone of what it is that you know and you know we like to question and ask why and consider hmm, where did this come from um linda what about for you what your your thoughts of how spirit manifests and your ability to get information that guides your intuition and the in the work that you do and how you help people and how you guide people with things that just seem to come to you how, how does that manifest well i i agree a lot with what zawadi has said um spirit has always existed in my life, and I'm sure so many other lives um, for other people. However, we've been um, colonized in so many ways that we've been disconnected from spirit. 
we've been programmed. We have our television program. We have our financial system and we have our schooling and the way in which we educate. And it has not been a place where we've been allowed spirit to exist and to grow. Now, I'm not going to say religion wasn't there, Mm -hmm. but the whole idea of spirit. But it doesn't mean that it didn't exist. We've just been separated from it. So, um, being someone who I'd never really fit in in church for some reason. I wasn't, it was something that it didn't work for me. I be, I, but I knew that there was a connection to something greater than me that lived in me. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to understand that. So, like you said, Dr. Smith, there were questions that I had. Sometimes those questions were not received very well. Mm. So I can remember being in Sunday school and um, they were talking about secular music. And this was a church of Christ and how bad secular music was. And being from a family, that was my mother's side of the family. On my father's side, music was a big thing, gospel music and other music. And I asked the question, well, what's the difference in saying I love you? And singing, I love you. And in this church, they felt I was being smart mouth. And and they asked me to to leave. (laughs) And so, and and that was definitely what was said. So it's just been a real journey. And so being open to spirit. And you were asking that question at how? how I was maybe eight. Okay. It just didn't make sense to me. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm just putting a little music to I love you. And you telling me I'm going to go to hell? So did they give you a good answer? Get out. It's <laughs> <laughs> fine with me. So, mm-hmm. you know, okay, so I left. But I stayed. I, I mean, I was too young to really go far. Mm-hmm. So, But it just continued to happen in other instances within the church. Um, so just seeking and wanting to know what what is this? The feeling that I would get, I can remember being a, in my late teens. I had finished high school and moved to Oklahoma and got my first apartment. And my father passed away when I was maybe about nine. Yeah. And in this apartment, I lived by myself and I was very young. And every night at the foot of my bed, a dark figure appeared and it I didn't know what it was. And it it was only one way in this apartment and one way out. And it would leave through a wall every single night. Mm. And so I had no idea what that was. It was so alarming to me initially that I tried to do things to make sure I was awake. Like I would touch myself or I would peep to the side like okay so I see that my lamp is over there. like do things to make sure am I asleep because this thing is at the foot of my bed mm-hmm. I, I knew that it had to be something but I had no idea what it was and now years later I'm almost sure that that was my father or a spirit that was watching over me being so young so far away from home and needing mm-hmm. to protect me so I, I believe that spirit has been present in my life. I'm more open to it. Mm-hmm. I'm not being um, 
guided by what I inherited from my family. I'm following a path that's my own path. Mm-hmm. And I'm asking spirit to present itself. And then opening my eyes, my heart, my ears, and just feeling, mm-hmm. allowing myself to feel. Because those things have been kind of numbed in us as well. Mm-hmm. So and you're, that's, you're embracing it in a holistic yes. manner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the part that's interesting for me as a mother um, practicing as a medium and um, inviting spirit into my life and in a way that's not necessarily, um, you know, as socially acceptable um, because our society teaches us to be afraid of this um, in the movies, in the, in the TV shows. Um, it's it's beginning to, to slowly uh, change, I think, with um, for me with the superheroes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that with all of this science fiction, it's starting to sort of make us think otherwise or wonder even, you know, what else is possible of mm-hmm. humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, but even still, you know, there is hesitation um, by myself and by my children of, wait, is this right? You know, like, is like is this is this something not to be afraid of? Is this OK to share with children? You know, um what is the context for this? And then the context in this society being a negative, um, you know, spin on things mm-hmm. is it's, it's really problematic. And it, it makes you hesitate even to explore um, in, in ways that would be natural to you. Yeah. You know, what's real interesting to me is in our community, when somebody has a dream about fish, everybody knows what that means, right? Mm. Ooh, somebody's pregnant, <laughs> right? That's a, a well-known thing in our community. And what, where, what's the empirical evidence that that produces anything that is true? Yet people hold fast to that and believe that that is a sign that somebody is pregnant in the dream world. Mm-hmm. But then we will still be afraid of any other information that we get that is like that. Mm-hmm. I find that very interesting. Um, and I challenge people to think about where did that come from? Because just like that is a guidepost, there are other guideposts that direct us and tell us things that we need to know about how we ought to move. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, and we, and, and as a people, you know, as African-American um, people and even, you know, Um, most of the diaspora, I think that we have these little things, these Africanisms that sort of existed in our family where, you know, oh, grandma passed away and she came to visit me, Mm -hmm. you know, um, the day after. And this was her message for us, you know, and everybody Mm -hmm. says, oh, wow, you know, that's wonderful. Grandma came to see you. And they don't think that it's scary or crazy at all. all. But they do say, but don't tell too many people that. Yes. (laughs) We're often told not to say that. That. Yes. In the church, it's okay to jump up, yell really loud, scream, convulse, um, speak in tongues, and all kinds of unusual things can happen. It's normalized. It's mm-hmm. it's fine to do that, but you do that outside of the church. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. right. What's going to happen? To the right. loony bin. Yes. Right. What's the difference? 
<laughs> What's the difference in the Holy Spirit and just spirit? Is there a difference? We're here to ask questions. So, But then there are scary spirits. Like Absolutely. I know this to be true too. Yeah. And so then you wonder if um, being enslaved or colonized and separated from the safeguards or the systems to manage that type of connection to spirituality um, made people to back away from it. You know, because I know for myself, I was not comfortable with navigating, you know, the idea of spirit entities outside of myself until I found the Ifa religion. And then it was, okay, there's a system here and there are people who know and there are people who can protect me and explain things to me. And so I think that once being removed from certain traditions um, and then even being forced forcibly um, you know, disciplined for practicing them, uh, that whole element of fear and hesitation is probably a normal reaction <laughs> to a re- reintroduction to something that mm-hmm. that um, that you have not been familiar familiar with for so long. Yeah, as a psychologist, I find this fascinating. The mind is very powerful, and we can train people to believe what it is we want them to believe very, very easily. We can just do a simple da-da-da-da-da. Everybody knows what that is because we've been programmed. McDonald's, right? Oh, I got to eat. That simple few notes has trained us. And if you think about how that can be done in a repetitive manner, Commercials. You can't even pump gas anymore without watching somebody on the gas pump giving you commercial and telling you to do something. So it's everywhere that we're being programmed and not even a lot of times not even aware of it. That starts from a very young age. As children, our parents begin programming us. And there's a really good book uh, by Maladoma Somme of The Water and the Spirit. And one of the aspects of that book that I found fascinating was when he was taken away at five years old from his village where he was practicing a traditional African religion and these French Catholic priests took him and some of his peers away and started training him in the Catholic religion and for the next until he was 18 the next 13 years he was taught Catholicism And anything that he ever brought up about his own religion, if he did that, he was punished for it. And initially they did the punishment, but eventually they developed a system whereby the other students in the monastery policed each other. So they would make them wear this, uh, it was a ring of funky old cans that they would have to wear. Nobody wanted to wear it. So they would try to trick each other into speaking in their native tongue as opposed to the French that the priest wanted them to speak in. And so they began to, the, the priest didn't have to beat them anymore. They were doing it themselves after a certain amount of time. And after he turned 18 and graduated and went back to his village, he could not speak his tongue anymore and had to relearn everything, all of the customs, all of the mores of how to be. He didn't know how to do that anymore. And in just 13 years, he was totally transformed. And so for me, that's a microcosm 
of thinking about our condition as African-Americans in this country and thinking about over 400 years of trauma and having an ideology beat out of us with another one placed into us, the generational impact of how that and the legacy that that provides of how that has impacted us is amazing when you think about the training that goes into making us believe what we believe right now today. And we have nowhere to go. I think there are few places that we can go to relearn it. Because even in our motherland, they were colonized. Absolutely. So Mm -hmm. some of what we may want to learn or to know has been lost. Uh, I believe there are some things that we can learn, but there it's, it's, it's a challenge. It's a challenge, which leads me to rely more even on spirit because some of what I know all of us have probably received has been messages from spirit. And when I receive something from spirit, I don't even question whether it's right or wrong. I know that it is. You, it's, it's something that you connect with so fully that you don't have to question whether it's right or wrong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's not something that someone had to tell you. Right, right. Yeah, yeah I think that um, really the, the spirituality that we're seeing emerge um, in people searching these, you know, ancient traditions, um, you know, the Native American um, traditions and um the Wiccans and, you know, Ifa and, uh, you know, Voodoo and Palo and Condable and Santaria. And, you know, people are just like searching, you know, seeking even in yoga and, you know, acupuncture and acupressure and, you know, Reiki, all these things that people are taking part in. Um, I really feel like ultimately it's like spirit moving in different ways because whatever we ultimately um, practice is going to be something new. You know, it, it, I don't think that it's really possible to recapture what we were or what we knew. And, and, and even is it relevant in this context? You know, Mm -hmm. there are pieces of it that we're carrying forward, but you know, I, I, I fully believe that we're redefining everything, even, you know, you think about practicing a Nigerian religion and speaking an English language to understand it. Mm-hmm. You know, like that is yeah. kind of a strange dichotomy. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. you know, it's 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 really an interesting walk because you have to completely one hundred percent know how to trust your own intuition and communicate with spirit the way Glenda was saying, like, you know, Understanding like what messages to trust and what energy you feel that you know to be the truth or t- that you know to be a pure um, guiding energy that that is you know light and that is positive and you know has a good impact on your life and then what elements outside of yourself and even what people you know to follow or trust or what practices you know it's 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 just a a really experimental age I think and uh, people are are really trying to to find a new way. Mm -hmm. And that's a really interesting concept that that, the thinking of how do I, as you were saying, um, take this information and 
kind of allow spirit to guide how it's going to come forth in me. Um, everything can be recreated. I think about concepts in the Bible that were for that time, concepts that don't even apply to this modern society. They, they make no sense in today's modern society, right? But people hold on to the literal aspect of that and don't think about how that is brought forward to a current methodology. Um, and I think that is the case in a number of different traditions. Um, and But there's always something new coming, right? As long as people are able to think and produce, every day is an opportunity for something new to be developed. And the way technology is moving, I think that has to be a part of uh, the conversation as well. And we'll probably have to devote a whole <laughs> podcast to talking about wow. technology and spirit and mm. the intersectionality of, of those two things, uh, because we've become a very technologically focused world. Right. Um, so you can't avoid it. Um, but it's continuing to have the dialogue, continuing to ask the questions, continuing to think critically about the various manifestations that spirit presents and how it affects each and every one of us in the various ways that it does. And at the same time, <clears throat> excuse me, taking the time to just be. Because as we are looking for the new thing and connecting to technology and all these so many different things that we're doing, it has the ability to also separate us from spirit. It's really important that we take time and spend time being because we're not human doings. We're human beings. We're being mm -hmm. and we need to be. Mm -hmm. I receive so many messages when I sleep because during the day I'm extremely distracted. I'm sure so many of us are. Um, there's programming, whether I have on a radio, there are people around. I'm talking, I'm interacting. I'm, there's so much happening that my desire to connect with spirit is not as sharp. Or it, it, my des my even, I don't even pay as much attention to connecting with spirit. Um, maybe there are messages that they're attempting to, to get to me that I'm not able to receive because of that distraction. In my dreams, in that quiet time or when I'm sleeping, I get so much. I wake up sometimes with some information that I went to bed and I had no idea that this thing was going to be deposited into my spirit. Mm. I want to tell one quick story about a dream. I have someone, an ancestor that was very close to me and he had been on my mind. I've been thinking about him and I, as I do often and one night I went to bed and in this dream, I was going into an amphitheater to go to a concert and I was trying to find my seat. And so there were lots of people around moving and I'm looking around for my seat and I, everything in the dream stops. All the people that are in the amphitheater are still. And I look to my right and I see the back of the head of this cousin of mine that transitioned. And he turns around and he has a conversation. His name was Kenneth. And I said, Ken, are you okay? And he said, I'm fine. I'm in a good place. And Ken was someone who loved children. 
and there was a young child with him. And I said, you have a child with you. And he told me he was attempting to do with that child what he wasn't able to do with a nephew in this realm. And I, and he also was a stylist. And so he had done something to his hair. I complimented him on his hair and he <laughs> hugged me. And then he turned around and everything in my dream continued. He had absolutely nothing to do with that dream, but he needed to reach me when I was not distracted. Hmm. And that happened to be in my dream state. Mm -hmm. And so I thought that was really interesting. It's not the only time that that has happened, mm -hmm. but that that's just an example of how at, there are times that we need to even be more deliberate about just being mm -hmm. and meditation may be part of that. Yeah. Cause I was going to say like people do different things to connect with the spirit realm and I think sometimes our dreams are probably psychological. <laughs> like, you know, you're worried and so you have something chasing you. But sometimes I think we also can de um, descend into another realm while we're sleeping or other realms can contact us because um, during that time, I, I, I'm not sure what the technical, you know, um, way probably Anthony can explain better. But I think parts of our brains maybe um, go into, you know, <laughs> uh, a more uh, sleep mode. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there are deeper, then, different levels of sleep. Yeah, deeper yeah. Sleep. So some, so some of those levels, I think, give us access to other realms. And then you know, other people use other methods, like um, you know, LSD or mm -hmm. you know, different drugs. You know, that take them into other realms. Some people use meditation. Um, some people. Um, use, you know, prayer or chanting, um, you know, th I mean, there's just so many different ways. Um, I have gone into other realms during um, Reiki sessions or um, um, acu acupuncture sessions uh, where I, I really felt like I was leaving um, during uh, misas and spirit masses um, just from burning certain incense and playing certain drum sounds uh, and, and sacred, you know, instruments, people have left to go to other realms and then ayahuasca ceremonies. I mean, it's just it's all over the place where people are sort of reaching out to the spirit realm to um, to connect and receive messages. And dreams certainly, you know, have been like a way that has been acceptable even, you know, because. You, you know, in our culture, we can't even say, I had a dream about you, you know, and in the dream, you know, you, you had to be careful of your boss because he hates you and, you know, you better find another job. You're going to get fired soon. And the person will say, oh, wow, thanks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and to certain people, that may sound completely insane, you know, but we sort of accept it as something that it must be a message, you yeah, know, yeah. a spirit or somebody, God must have come to talk to you. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think the dream state has always been kind of sacred. Yeah. Okay. Well, we have certainly touched on a broad range of topics today, and we have a lot more to get to as we're going to be progressing through our different podcasts. Um, I'm excited about the different things we're going to be talking about. I hope you all are very yes. excited. Well. Yes. And we'll be, you know, getting questions from people and addressing those questions and looking at various aspects of, of spirit and how it manifests. So 
We want to thank you all for listening and engaging this dialogue with us and let us know what you think about it in the comments and keep us posted on how you're feeling or things you think we ought to address and we'll be sure to do that. So we hope we leave you with inspiration, light and love and we will see you next time. Yeah.